BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be discussing wokeness and the Enneagram. Is the Enneagram woke? And maybe, maybe not, but the people who are pushing the Enneagram in the church most certainly are. We're going to go through a treasure trove of clips regarding the Enneagram. But in this video, in this podcast, we're going to be focusing on this one session in an Enneagram conference, which we talked about the Enneagram conference a few weeks ago. These are clips from that conference that I have gathered and sourced. And I'm going to be sharing it with the church to shine a light on this issue. The Enneagram might not be directly woke in and of itself, but it is being used to promote woke ideology, liberal ideology in the church. And that, to me, is the story. But we do got some cringe clips that we're going to show. But first, I want to let you know, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. And this video especially uh, encapsulates how we're news gathering. Uh, These are our exclusive uh, woke preacher clips that we're going to be sharing. And uh, this is a way you can support our ministry, evangelicaldarkweb.r slash join. But the least you can do, the least you can do is like this video, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, So we're going to roll tape. And the first uh, clip that I'm going to share is a woman who has the lion's share of the speaking time. And I just love how not Hispanic she is. But she tries to pass herself off as a person of color. She tries to say that she's a Pac. But she is white. She is definitely white. Uh, but nonetheless, she's trying to tell us that the Enneagram is not woke enough. So that's the first woke preacher clip. I've developed a book or a series or a talk on the Enneagram. And this is the way all Enneagram twos are. And you don't look at context, class, race, gender, all the things, then you're missing the values that motivate the person because it's all the things underneath, underneath the iceberg, as we speak, like all the things about values that aren't seen. Um, And and the, the, the other ones are race, are racialized experiences, which these ladies could probably speak more to. Um, like not just what we value deep within, but how people see us on the outside and then engendered. And so I, all those things are actually missing from most Enneagram conversations I've had. And it's why when people have asked me, 
to engage as an Enneagram eight, I'm like, I just have to tell you that I don't relate at all to most things that are written. Um, and I don't think it's because they're wrong. I think it's because it was written by a particular social location. Mm. Yeah, what subtype uh, are you, Sandra? Have, have you explored that too much? Social? Okay. Yeah. And social And socials already, you know, aren't like the stereotypical eight too. So there's a lot of, I can see how a lot of that would be. Yeah. And then- with you. And I think I'll add one more in there. The other one is trauma informed. So mm. when I'm working with with trauma with collectively and racially traumatized gut space people on the Enneagram, I have to also ask like, what is that work that's more than your motivation? That's it's a trauma informed understanding of what's happening for you and why you might be sitting in that self preservation for as long as you are. This woman gets the lion's share of the speaking time in this panel about women of color and the Enneagram, and she's completely white. Her name is Sandra Maria Van Opstel. And, you know, keep in mind that last part of her name, which I think is her father's surname. Uh, Van Opstel is clearly European. And if I had to guess, I'd say she was from Argentina. Like, she's Argentinian, which is a very, you know, ethnically white country because Argentina has a history of a lot of European immigration. But, you know, if I wanted to have a fun bet, I'd say that she might have had a grandfather on the losing side of a certain world war. Uh, and now she's bringing that, you know, collectivism and that social, you know, that that left-wing ideology. She's trying to bring that to the United States. So I just think it's completely ironic. And what she's talking about and what this kind of conversation is, the time to say that the Enneagram doesn't put people in a box and that it's just, you know, too many white people are in charge of the Enneagram and putting people in, you know, stereotypes and they're taking racial stereotypes and, you know, categorize pe categorizing people as one through nine based off racial stereotypes, even though they are these you know, one through nine, you know, because of in large part, their racial stereotypes. And, you know, much of this conversation is about saying that, you know, uh, black women are groomed to be eights by the culture. They're told to be eights, but not all black women are eights, but I'm still an eight. It's like, what even is this nonsense? And the idea that there's all these types and subtypes and, uh, motivations, that are tied to the Enneagram just shows how uh, nonsensical this ideology really is. There's nothing there to it. They know that you can't just divide, you know, say that everyone's one of these nine things because people are more diverse than that. So they have to create a, an entire elaborate system based off of, and that's how they get you hooked. You know, it's kind of like Scientology. They don't tell you, uh, you, you got to get in deeper before you know all that's behind it. So that's what I got out of this clip. And now we're going to see how this white guy, Tyler Zach, and we're going to learn how he uh, used the Enneagram to change his view on women pastors. So that's the next clip. It's, uh, primarily the Bible, but the Enneagram was a major contribution in him helping me do a 180 on gender roles and understanding women in the church. 
because when I, when I saw how Enneagram eight in particular women were wired, I was like, yeah, they're, they're wired by God that way to be powerful influencers. And I point to Deborah in the old Testament to judge Deborah as I think she was an eight. And so I use her as a, as a character to talk about eight themes in her life. And realizing that was helpful for me to change my view uh, on, on women uh, rather than seeing that God just created all women, like the two stereotype, you know? So when, when women talk about their eightness and you're upfront about it, it is really helpful uh, to me to see how God designed you. So just wanted to throw that out there. And I it's funny that he brings up Deborah and he reads the Enneagram into scripture to justify his views on women pastors, because even Deborah does not believe in women leadership in the text. It's clear in the text that Deborah rising to a level of authority was in clear judgment, not only against Deborah's husband, but also the Israelites. So the text doesn't even agree with him, but he read the Enneagram into the text, said that Deborah's an eight, whatever that means. And then therefore we need to have eights in leadership, women eights in leadership in the church. And that's the argument that he makes. Now, the next clip is going to feature one of the other panelists who runs an Instagram account. And that's basically her claim to being on this panel uh, called like the Black Enneagram. So she came up with an Instagram account. But what I like about this clip is that she has zero life experience and it shows. Uh, what I tend to want to remind white people is that this is an amazing invitation to help take responsibility uh, to, to move forward. You know, uh, this is a conversation that is going to help us become more whole, more holistic, more fully formed disciples of Jesus. And so receive this, uh, this conversation as an invitation to, uh, to take responsibility. D Dio, any last thoughts? Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. No, I think, I feel like everyone has said a really helpful thing. I, I, I personally really appreciate both you, Sandra and Nicole for just like the perspectives you brought because I think as a young person who has not really experienced yet like the professional world and how that can be difficult and being in majority white spaces. Yes, I'm in a majority white space in law school, but I think professionally that's a very different experience. And so just hearing you guys talk about it, I think I'm like, my brain is just like preparing <laughs> to be in that environment and preparing to like prepare my own heart to like look for what's missing, right? And to be that like that glue, not necessarily being an eight, but like taking on the, the wonderful attributes of the eight. So in this next clip, we go back to Sandra Maria Van Opstel, and we're going to watch her pitch given a free mic. There's no question leading up to this part other than anything else you want to add to the conversation. And this is what she wants to add to the conversation that the church needs to learn from Hollywood needs to learn from corporate America needs to learn from the world, how to be a better church watch uh, say that i think as i'm hearing as i've kind of taken in the conversation 
um, and obviously your your words of encouragement. I think for me, I I am committed to this because I don't have a choice, partially because it's the right thing to do. It's you know I, I believe the scripture calls us to diversity and unity, and and I I think that the I personally think that the health of the American church the North American church of Canada and the U S I think the health of the church is dependent on its ability to take their cues from people. They have decentered, marginalized and silenced over hundreds of years. So I think it's not about like making space for me. I mean, young people of color already made their tables. They left the room just so y'all know they made their tables or doing their own thing. I'm not concerned about that. That's part of what chasing justice does. It's like, I'm not too concerned about what those people over there are doing. Let's make our own table. Like all of those famous actresses that are like, yeah, I got tired of Hollywood. So I just became a director and got my money and did my own thing. And now we're all following them. Right. So I think that the church has to learn from business and the church has to learn from Hollywood and the church has to learn from movements that repentance is actually available to us, that we can change from our ways of centering one group of people as the experts and universal donors of all theology and ways of Mm -hmm. being spiritually. And I think that folks like myself, Dio and Nicole are just saying this, this alternative way and it gives correction and enhancement to what you have been saying it's not that what has existed is all bad. It's that what has existed has has changes it needs. And so um, we're here for li- for the liberation of all of us, not just for people of color. We're going to be liberated whether you like it or not. But if you guys would like to, you know, address the anemia in the American church, we're here to help you do that. And so I think that's why I'm here. I- she said the quiet part out loud. You catch that? Because what she's saying is that the church needs to be like corporate America. The church needs to learn from woke Hollywood about how to get rid of white people in positions of leadership. You know, anytime that, you know, Hollywood sees a ginger character, they got to make them black. So that's what the church needs to learn how to do. Get rid of the gingers, uh, you know, import liberation theology from Latin America Cause that's what she's talking about. We're all going to be liberated. You know, there's, I don't know whether she's referencing a communist revolution of sorts that's in her, you know, family's background, or maybe a, uh, national socialist party that might be in her family's background, but she's saying the quiet part out loud. And this part had very little to do with the Enneagram in and of itself, but it had everything to do with the motivations of these people pushing the Enneagram in the church. They are woke. They are wolves. Tyler Zach is the host of this entire conference. And again, his theology is whack. He's already gone effeminate with his theology or feminist and egalitarian, uh, but also effeminate because he's a self-hating white guy. And what they want is self-hating white people. No, we need strong male leadership in the church. We don't want effeminate white dudes named Tyler Zach or these uh, fake pox like Sandra Maria Van Opstel, who's white. We don't need people like that in leadership in the church. We want man, men who are strong, who know, you know, understand biblical masculinity and theology. So 
That's what we want. I suffered through this hour-long panel, so you didn't have to, and here are the highlights. I hope those representative samples of the session that I captured, that I recorded, was helpful to you to understand the Enneagram in the church, who's, who's pushing it, the types of people that are pushing it, and how easily this material can be manipulated to push the social justice gospel, which is a false gospel attacking the church. And it has multiple throngs and thrusts, and you just see it. This is a tool for the enemy, and it's a tool that's been utilized by the enemy quite well within the church. That's why you see people like Russell Moore pushing it. You know, in 2000, like 20 years ago, Russell Moore was actually relatively based on the issue of gender in the church. Now he's embraced the Enneagram and he's also embraced female pastors. It's a very interesting coincidence. So the Enneagram is definitely a pathway to becoming liberal because then you start reading Enneagram types into the text. That's bad hermeneutics. And it only leads because of this whole mentality about self-discovery. It's not going to lead towards God. And when the one lady is talking about learning from the world, you know what she wasn't talking about in that entire clip? Like I didn't edit that part out. She did not talk about learning from scripture to become a better church. That was clearly not the thrust of her message. It was about learning from the world to become a better church. And the Enneagram, at best, it's people in the church saying we need to learn from the world how to understand ourselves better. As though the Bible doesn't provide a completely sufficient theology of anthropology, the study of man. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. The Bible is wholly sufficient to understanding ourselves, wholly sufficient to understanding our purpose, and wholly sufficient for relationships and dealing with other people because the Bible is sufficient and authoritative and inerrant. And I think to the believer, it's clear. The Holy Spirit illuminates our understanding of Scripture. So that's what I wanted to highlight in this video. Uh, my name's Ray. If you like this kind of content, subscribe so you don't miss the next one that we do on the Enneagram. Otherwise, have a blessed day. Let me know what you think about what I think, and I will catch you on the next one.